This podcast is sponsored by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. GoMoto now has three new kiosks that allow customers to check in online and in-store, drop off and pick up keys, and interact in both English and Spanish. Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Ford looks fondly on August, a month Toyota would rather forget. VW either heads back to the bargaining table or faces a strike in Mexico. And new research says resistance is futile when it comes to right to repair. Plus, conversation about how EVs are changing the F&I business. This product is different. The car is different. The customer is a little bit different. And so it's important to have a suite of products that are specifically designed uh, for the EV product, EV car, as well as the EV customer. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. When August sales started rolling in yesterday, it was like Hyundai and Kia were having a party by themselves. Companies were enjoying sales increases for the first time in months. But today, Ford just showed up. The Detroit area automaker reported a 27% increase in volume. Ford brand sales jumped 28%, powered by a 50% surge in sales of utility vehicles. Bronco, Mustang Mach-E, and Explorer all saw more than a doubling of deliveries. Meanwhile, The world's biggest automaker is still stuck at home with some of the leanest stockpiles in the industry. Toyota says U.S. sales volume dropped almost 10% in August. Sales were down 8% at the Toyota division and 20% at Lexus. It was the 13th straight monthly decline for the company and the 7th consecutive drop in monthly volume for Lexus. Toyota remains the top-selling brand in the U.S. through eight months, but Ford has won the last two. Could be a race worth watching down the stretch. Jamie, if Toyota is trying to forget about the past and focus on the future, here's something that might help. The company is stepping up its transition from gasoline-powered engines to EVs by converting old powertrain plants in Japan into battery production sites. The overhaul is part of a $5.6 billion investment plan, which Toyota announced this week. Battery production at two sites near the automaker's global headquarters will be handled through Prime Planet Energy and Solutions, a joint venture between Toyota and Panasonic. The conversions suggest Toyota will use existing plants and workers and try to manage a controlled evolution into the EV era. Profoundly disappointed. That's how Volkswagen Group says it feels after a union representing workers in Mexico rejected a 9% proposed salary increase. The raise would have been the country's largest by an automaker in recent years. It's the second time the union has voted to reject the deal. It initially sought a raise of more than 15% to account for soaring inflation. Mexico's Federal Labor Center says the union and company representatives can now sit down again to continue negotiating and try to reach an agreement says the union could request a delay for a strike that's planned for September 9th to allow time for talks, or it could simply go ahead with the strike. Instead of spending millions of dollars trying to defeat right-to-repair laws, automakers should save their money. That's what global research and consulting firm Ducker Carlisle has concluded. The firm says right-to-repair laws are inevitable, both on the state and federal levels. The firm's research also found 
that dealerships might not lose customers as most have assumed. Ducker Carlisle conducted a consumer sentiment survey of over 2,000 vehicle owners. 59% said they would vote yes to right to repair. The no vote was only 13%. The rest expressed indifference to the matter and unlikely to vote on it. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, it's been rough for Toyota and their lean inventory. But with this push to making batteries, is the company's hand being forced? Yeah. You know, Toyota has been the biggest advocate for hybrid vehicles as a mass market way to reduce carbon emissions while still allowing, you know, companies to make money and not have to charge sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars per vehicle. But governments all around the world are pushing hard for EVs, you know, in, in Japan, in Toyota's home market, as well as China, the US, Europe. It's going on everywhere. And now we see this, you know, big move here as they try to convert the old powertrain plants into a new battery plants. We really haven't seen that much, but Toyota has the giant footprint. They can try to take this on. Well, speaking of conversion to EVs coming up, we'll hear from Jonathan Jordan of JM&A Group about the importance of offering a suite of F&I products designed specifically for electric vehicles and their components. That's next on Daily Drive. Picture your service drive on a busy morning. There's a line of customers waiting to drop off their keys and check in at the counter. Every advisor is busy with simple tasks. Two are typing customer concerns into the computer to get a repair order created. Two are trying to find an appointment the customer swears they created online. And another is looking for a customer's keys who didn't come in to pick up their vehicle the night before. It's a chaotic and unproductive scene, and you know you're probably losing money by not offering standard upsells with every write-up and frustrating customers with long wait times. Now imagine that same morning, but with customers checking in themselves in about two minutes. Your advisors are still busy, but they are busy selling. There are no more lines, no more wasted time, and no more frustration. GoMoto kiosks free up your advisors to focus on high-impact, customer-facing, profit-oriented work that improves and speeds up the process. And with three new kiosks, online check-in, and Spanish-language support, you can now serve more customers in more ways with a process that fits their needs. Visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com to explore all the ways kiosks can increase profit, efficiency, and overall operations in your service drive. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. EV shoppers expect a convenient buying experience and are knowledgeable about the vehicle they're purchasing. Dealerships should be ready to meet them on both fronts. That's according to finance and insurance product provider JM&A Group, Senior Editor Dan Schein spoke with Jonathan Jordan, Director of Sales Strategy at JM&A. They talked about how F&I professionals should adapt their operations to EV sales. Here's their conversation. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me on the F&I Friday of Daily Drive. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you for having me. So you wrote a great column that will be in the uh, Monday, September 5th edition of Automotive News in our big F&I section. I'm encourage everybody to go and pick it up and, and read it. But you write about EVs becoming more prevalent in the showrooms and dealership F&I offices needing to be ready for that. And that EV buyers expect a convenient buying experience, uh, you write, and are very knowledgeable about the vehicle they're buying. So dealerships need to be ready to meet them on both those fronts. So 
you said, you know, what I find interesting is that EVs are you know, relatively new, but the building blocks of success in that F&I office are the same. So what would you kind of outline? What are, what are those? Yeah, I think, Dan, that's really the first thing to emphasize. There's a lot of buzz in the industry, a lot of talk. You can't talk to a dealer or an OEM uh, or even a customer looking for a vehicle and an EV not come up. And, you know, when you think about F&I, I think there's a lot of fear around EVs. Uh, right now uh, with F&I managers, with salespeople, going, kind of what does this mean for me? And, and the first thing I'll say is uh, the, the fundamentals, the basics are the same as they've been for a very long time, the same as they've been on uh, internal combustion engines. And that's you know knowing your product, understanding your customer, understanding what their needs are, and developing a custom product presentation for those customers specifically uh, around F&I, around financing, around F&I protection products as well. I'm guessing that for my internal combustion engine uh, vehicle, the protection products that you may offer me are gonna be a little bit different for an EV. Should F&I offices have a, their own kind of suite of EV protection products? And what might be some of those that it might be different than your traditional con internal combustion engine vehicle? Absolutely, it's important to recognize that this product is is different. The, the car is different. The customer is a little bit different. And so it's important to have a suite of products that are specifically designed uh, for the EV product, the EV car, as well as the EV customer. And I think that the first kind of easy thing that, that comes to mind is a, a maintenance product. If you look at most prepaid maintenance products that are out there in the, in the marketplace right now, they revolve around an oil lube and filter change something that does not exist in the EV world. So it's important to have that product, but also your service contracts, your tire and wheel products, everything needs to be customized and focused on that, that EV product because there's different components in the vehicle. Uh, consumers have different concerns around the vehicle and we need to be able to talk to those when we're presenting and, and selling F&I products. Like you said, they're still kind of a relatively new vehicle and there's not a lot known about them. And you know, how long things are going to last and how things may, may break down and may not break down. So uh, I think, you know, the longevity issues, I think it's be a good selling point to be able to kind of you know, sell those protection products for vehicles that you're just not quite sure about. Yeah. I mean, think about anything that you buy that's brand new. You know, I think about when I bought an iPhone for the first time, it was different. It was this touchscreen product. I was moving from, from something very different. And there was a lot of unknown about how this product's going to work. And, you know, protection products, when you think about brand new products, are going to be key, not only to continuing to help dealers to, to drive performance and build revenue, uh, but also to help sell EV cars. Because a lot of consumers are going to be concerned about, you know, what is the longevity of this product? What do I need to be concerned about from a repair and, and maintenance point of view? And, and F&I products can really help overcome some of those objections and make customers feel more comfortable with purchasing an EV. Yeah. You write in your uh, column that uh, uh, training would be very important for your F&I team when you're talking about this. And you, you mentioned active listening, you know, especially relevant. Talk a little bit about that, you know, the training aspect and what maybe might be needed to you know, kind of communicate with that EV buyer. Sure. I mean, something we've always emphasized is you think about an F&I manager, what do they do? They sell financing, they sell F&I products. It's obvious to say, hey, it's really important for that associate to understand financing, to understand all the ins and outs of the F&I products. 
But it's also super important for that F&I manager to understand that the cars that are being sold at the dealership to be able to really create the need for those F&I products. And EVs are even more so that way, because again, this is a new product. There's going to be some uneasiness around it. And the F&I manager is going to need to understand the product, understand the components, understand the factory warranty that comes with that product, and then be able to really listen to customers at the beginning of that F&I process and understand why are they buying that car? What potential concerns may they have uh, around that purchase? How are they going to use that car? And really listen uh, to understand uh, that specific customer. So when you're talking about F&I products, when you're talking about protection, uh, they can customize their presentation for each and every customer uh, instead of just kind of having a generic presentation. I would imagine also that be familiar with the vehicle. I mean, again, there's not a lot of them out there right now, but being able to probably for an F&I manager or someone in the F&I office to be able to you know take this car home and drive it for a little bit, live with it a little bit, would be also be you know very uh, valuable, and then being able to talk to these new EV buyers and say, well, you know, kind of understand what they're kind of thinking about, and, and you know, kind of help them understand the vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. They need to get in it, feel it, touch it, drive it. It's something we even did here at our office. Is is we had some of our dealer partners, you know, let us use an EV for a couple of days, so our team could really understand. Uh, what it was like to drive an EV, what it felt like, what were the components that were a little bit different so we could understand when we're working with our dealers, what that customer is actually purchasing. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but this is a different buyer for the most part. An EV buyer is a little bit different than, than a traditional combustion engine uh, vehicle driver. And they're going to want different experiences. They're going to be, they want kind of more of a fully digital experience. And the more you can deliver for them, the better. Talk a little bit about that and how. I guess the dealership can adapt a little bit to them to kind of give them that experience that other dealerships might, but also, you know, the Teslas of the world, who you don't even have it going to dealership. Those are kind of the competitors too. Talk a little bit about how important that digital experience will be. The digital experience is, is more important today than it ever was on all customers, whether it be an ICE vehicle customer or an EV customer. But the EV customers are even further along that path. More affluent uh, buyer right now, more educated buyer, especially around the product and the process. And the other thing, Dan, that you just hit on is now an EV buyer, your competition is not just, you know, the other traditional dealerships, you know, up and down the street. It's the direct-to-consumer EV brands that are offering a full digital experience with no, you know, real human involvement or, or or no brick and mortar, I guess I would say. There, there still is human involvement. And so if you're a traditional dealership getting into the EV world, it's important to offer buyers those type of capabilities. But I think what's really great for traditional dealers representing traditional OEMs is they can offer the best of both worlds. So I can offer that full digital experience online, but I can also have brick and mortar to back it up and to take care of that customer and really demonstrate the product and allow people to have test drives and service that vehicle uh, after the purchase as well. But I, I think the key thing to remember is flexibility and being able to do business the way the customer wants to do business. And if that's fully online, be willing to do that. If that's a mix of both, be willing to do that as well. You mentioned towards the bottom of your column that, you know, in order to be adaptable and ready for change, 
Uh, there are kind of five tips that you left FNI personnel with. Can you kind of maybe touch on a few of those that uh, that you outlined in your column? Yeah, I mean, Dan, we we've touched on a few uh, already in this, and you know, I'm I'm going to reiterate a, a few things. One, product knowledge is is more important than ever. Knowing and understanding uh, the products that your consumers are buying. Uh, before they get into that, that F&I portion of the transaction is, is going to be more important than ever. The second thing I really want to hit on again is flexibility. Being flexible in how you do business and being willing to do business in different ways than, than maybe you have been before because your competition in the EV space is uh, doing business in a, a digital way. And that goes all the way through the customer selecting the vehicle all the way through the F&I process and, and being uh, as an F&I manager, being able to interact uh, with a customer digitally, being able to interact virtually and be willing to do uh, your F&I sales presentation in a virtual world is going to be very important to keep the customer engaged, keep the customer happy, but, but also drive performance. And then the other thing I'll mention is specifically around products. It's very important that you are thinking about F&I products differently in the EV space. And it's important that you have a dedicated line of products specifically for EV vehicles. And we're really excited about at JMA that we're going to launch uh, very soon a line of products specifically for EV customers and EV vehicles that are all tailored specifically for that, that customer and, and that product. And, and we're really excited about, uh, about that rolling out very soon. That's great. Jonathan, really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, thank you for joining me on Daily Drive. Thank you, Dan. Jonathan Jordan is Director of Sales Strategy at JM&A Group. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on finance and insurance, August sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. We're off on Monday for the Labor Day holiday. Come back Tuesday for a conversation about our upcoming feature on the skateboard chassis, which has revolutionized EV design. We'll hear from automotive news reporter Richard Truitt about his front page story in the upcoming print edition. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.